we having some minor uh, technical difficulties this evening. Please forgive us. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Hey, ladies. <laughs> How are you? Hey. Hello, hello, hello. How is everyone? I'm good. I'm over here on my daughter's um, computer. So, you know, I'm not too familiar with all the touches and stuff like that. So I was fumbling a little bit there. But hey, everybody, welcome. Welcome to season three of the Hustle and Shine podcast. And this is our first diamond heist of the season. And um, it is me, Tiffany Mathias, your one true phoenix. And I am being joined today by the lovely lady j a and miss sweet so come on ladies tell the people who you are well i'm sweets sweets rights okay but who are you right right is our newest levian diamond yes i am the levian diamond i do the content creating and promotions and creating all of our cute little um, dose of sweets. Yeah. Our recaps. Yes. So yes. you you are looking at one of our our marketing geniuses there, and then of course y'all are familiar with the diamond heist and my co heister Miss Lady J A. How you doing, darling? I'm good, partner. I'm glad to be back. But but wait, you you got some promotions too, didn't you? Since the last oh, time you oh I named her. Where's Shay? My diamond of the year. <laughs> <laughs> diamond of the year. Come on through. Girl. Yes. yes, I still have it where I can see it every morning. I am a new VS diamond, and um, I'm excited to help the diamond writers grow and develop so we can bring better content and, you know, just become overall dope. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's no other word for it. There's no other word for it. You know, so um, what have you ladies been up to this summer? Living loud. <laughs> well, <laughs> living loud. I'm living a mother loud. Of Living out loud. On purpose? On purpose. <laughs> there you go. I'm a mommy of three very active uh, children. So um, we had softball through the end of July. Um, soccer didn't stop. And, you know, I, I don't complain. I'm proud of my kids. So I just get them where they need to be and keep it going. So it Is was a busy fun? summer. It was a busy summer, but a good one. Okay. That was fun. I but sport. I did find time to work on my chapter for the upcoming anthology she is, I'm just saying. In between time, waiting at the practice, you know, I found time, so. That deadline, is, that deadline is quickly approaching. The team says she's not playing with us this time it around. Sure they Listen, are too. I'm trying <laughs> to have that done. I'm trying to have that done next week. I want no problems, okay? No problems. <laughs> Nobody wants smoke with the queen pen. <laughs> Nobody wants smoke. Nobody. So I'm excited about it though. So that Me always too. I am excited too, man. I first of all, this is as I said, this is season three. This is our first diamond heist, and it came in early because you know August had five five Wednesdays, so we had to throw that heist in there. And it was like, oh shoot, so soon! Like we just got back, but 
y'all were ready. It was like, there's a heist coming up. Who's ready? Tierra was like, me. I'm here. <laughs> hey. Yes, welcome, welcome. And we're so happy to have you here for you to bring your perspective. Danielle and I are pros at this heist thing. Like we were doing it like... <laughs> It was like clockwork. It was like we, the ideas would just come and we were just flowing and it was great. And so it's people know who we are and it's going to be great for the community to come in and be able to um, hear some new perspectives from the diamonds. So tonight's episode, Generation X Under Attack. Like, yeah. When I tell you there's not been another generation who had their heads come for, like Generation X, like everybody coming for them. So I know we got some, gen some, 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 I'm a Generation Xer. Yes, I am. Pepsi Choice, a new generation and rock the vote, all that other stuff. <laughs> um, what generation are you, sweets? I'm millennial. Okay. Y'all don't want to have been coming for us. Hmm. And it's so crazy because I don't see why. Mm. <laughs> personal personal experiences, right? Right. Right. And and Lady J A, and what what generation do you belong to? I'm, I was right on the mark to meet millennial, but I feel mm -hmm. like I'm more towards the, you know, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You 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 don't know what you are. Okay, that's interesting. Well, well, by year, I'm a millennial. Uh-huh. Right. But based on what's happening, I think I'm a millennial. I do. I think based on what, you know, the homework I had that we'll get to. Uh -huh. And um, you know, just what I looked up and I've heard just by talking to people, I, I've experienced what the millennials are talking about. But again, I think it's kind of personal, like based on your own personal experience and family structure. So we'll get into mm -hmm. it. We'll get into it. Okay. Right. We're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. Still sitting here navigating my daughter computer. Oh my goodness. This thing. Listen, if, if something else funky happened, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean for that to happen. We forgive you. We forgive you. We give grace here. We give all the grace here. All the time. Right. All right. So what I want to be able to do is we have started a new segment called the Sip and Shine and where we give our flowers to um, someone who deserves some recognition. All right. And I think I found where where's, where's our little video for it. <laughs> I can't find the video for it. But either way, I'm not going to let that skip get in the way. We, okay, mm -hmm. ladies, please hold up your glasses. All right? So, Because tonight we are sipping and shining to Ms. Jen Frank Ahagotu, who is a Harvard grad and CEO and change maker who has set a challenge to break a world record on September 8th for the most uploads of black women holding their diplomas their degrees high school college grad undergrad within 24 hours Ooh. so she is challenging all of us ladies to go dig through them boxes <laughs> go into your clouds <laughs> go into your photos dig through your facebooks and your Man. 
find those graduation pictures of you holding those degrees. I don't have pictures of me holding them. Right. I might be able to just find it. You got to find that degree and then take a new picture then. Right. <laughs> That's what. <laughs> it is on September 8th. So you have a little over a week to find these pictures or take these pictures because the goal is to break a world record. And the way that you participate is you register online on her website. I'm going to drop that information later, but it's www.blackwomenworldrecord.com. You fill out your name and you just register. And then on that day, you're going to upload you're going to use the hashtags and the tags and all that other stuff. And we getting ready to flood social media with the images of black women holding their degrees. So here's our sipping shine to Ms. Jen Frank Ahagatu for challenging us to be recognized. And the reason she chose September 8th is because it will be Ruby Bridges' birthday. Nice. And what a better way to pay homage yes. to a trailblazer than to do this. A little That's six amazing. year old girl set a path that we're about to follow. All of us. So, right. ship and shine. Cheers, cheers. 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 Mm. Okay. So, on that note, let's get into this show. We are talking about Gen Z under attack. As we have been building our brands, we've been told we need to be more, um, have a more presence on social media. And so I started changing the different things that I follow and I comment on to shift my algorithm and everything like that. And one of the things that continues to pop up on my pages and in my threads are the numerous attacks on Gen Z. Um, and there was a video that went viral of a woman who went in on Gen Z aunties and grandmas, not fall into that category now, who barely raised their children in the 90s, the millennials, and who now are the aunties, the older aunties and the grandmas, they won't help out taking care of the kids. They won't help babysit. They won't help give guidance. And she was going in. And I just wanted to know, like, what is everybody's take on Gen Z? Why is everybody mad at Gen Z? Like, I mean, sorry, Generation X, Generation X. What did Generation X do to everybody? Why, why are we under attack? It's what, <laughs> <Apparently>. <laughs> it's what you didn't do. It's what you didn't do, sis. Okay. Oh, so so tell me what we didn't do. <laughs> well, I mean, from what I gather, now my situation is different. I lost my mother young. I was 20. So I firmly believe though, if when I started having children, she was alive, I would have had all of her support and help because that that's the kind of woman she was. I was an aunt at nine years old. So me and my nephew are in the same group, which is kind of crazy. Um, and she helped with him. I mean, they lived with us. So my experience, that's why I said earlier, my experience was different. Right. So, but from what I'm hearing, mm -hmm. you guys are a little consumed with yourself and feel like you need to, Stella need to get her groove back and I don't have no time for this. So <laughs> that's what the streets are saying. Now, just like Sweets and I were saying, it's, it's kind of circumstantial though. 
-hmm. But this seems to be the commonality that this generation, Gen X, Mm -hmm. has become so self-absorbed because that's what they were doing when their kids were little. They were able to drop their kids off and go on about their business with their, you know, with the grandma or whomever, auntie, Mm -hmm. and and live life like they like they were before they had kids. Right. Now they have now these children of theirs are having kids and looking for their support and they not trying near it. Nine with it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You I, love I, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you millennials say what you gotta say and then I'm gonna I'm gonna respond. Go ahead, Tierra. Well, I, I think there's just a difference in time. Like I feel like they didn't want X, they didn't need to be out as much. They did go out, but times were different. Mm-hmm. Now I just feel like everybody just wants to be out. The millennials want to be out. Everybody wants to be out. Mm-hmm. So who is there? Who is there? I right, know when are. I was growing up, my ex, I had a good, my generation ex, my mom, their generation, they were there for me and they're still there for me now. So if I have a problem, if I need to go somewhere, if I want to go hang out, as long as I let somebody know in advance, there's a auntie that's going to be available mm-hmm. or a grandma that's going to be available. Right. So I really just think it's also just like everything else, different communities, you know, mm-hmm. different strokes for different folks. Yeah. So maybe it's just where these people are coming from. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's ways around that too. I mean, you could pick your circle, you know, that's, that's true. That's true. So I, I am the generation that is under attack. So Generation X is uh, people who were born, I believe it's between 1965 and 1985, or is it 19, 1965, 1980? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm 75 and I'm, I'm that generation. Now, let me tell you my experience. I was a young mother. I've spoken on this before. Um, and as a young mother, my mother was there for me. My mother, my daughter, my oldest daughter was very close to my mother growing up because when I found out I was pregnant with her, my mother was like, come home. I wasn't living with my mother. So my mother was like, come home. Let me help you. Help. I'm not doing this for you. You know, I will support and I will guide you, but this is your baby. This is your decision. You're going to raise your child. And so for the first five years of my daughter's life, um, we lived at home with my mother. And um, I didn't take advantage of that. I honestly did not start going out and exploring the world until my oldest daughter was in her teens. So I was home. Now she's a mom. And so now I'm that Gen X grandma. And she and I, um, we've had some words over what she feels I should be obligated to do or be there for her as a... um, as a parent, as a grandmother, and as a woman where she's like, I held down your kids. I need you to hold down mine. 
Now, I'm not going to speak any more on it because Indigo will be joining us later on to actually speak for herself on this. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't consider myself to be that person that she's talking about. I do think that there are some out there who, if they really didn't raise their kids, then no, they don't know how to be a grandmother because it's kind of like a promotion. You have to know how to be a parent and then get promoted and elevated into grandparents. So if they didn't raise their kid and the kid knows this, what make them think that they know how to be a grandparent? Mm-hmm. You know, the argument. that's the argument. Like right. you weren't there for me doing for me. I was always with auntie and grandma, you know, and yeah, I don't want to go too far into it, but that's the whole argument. And that's why I say it's so circumstantial about your experience. Yeah. yeah. Now I do have cousins. I do have some cousins that there's a point in time where I lived with one of my aunts and I had, I was living with, I had my daughters with me and my aunt was taking care of these cousins, kids, like, but she was working, you know, but she really didn't. I don't think when she had her kids, she knew what to do with her kids when she had them. So she was a single mom. And so she worked like Monday through Friday. So she had her kids on the weekend. And then it just seemed like when she picked up her kids on Friday, she couldn't wait to bring them back Sunday night so that they could go to school or whatever. Because she just, parenting is a muscle that you have to build. And so if you never started from scratch ground one with it, Mm, you can't, by the time you a grandmother, you never built that muscle. So yeah, yeah, you you weak, you weak. So there are some, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I also think parenting requires a a certain level of selflessness, mm-hmm. and, and I don't think that's generational. <laughs> I just, no, I it's think, not right. And if you know people aren't held accountable, and grandma and auntie always stepping up and just doing, like you said, they never built that muscle because there was always somebody that could fill in and do. Mm-hmm. Now, from my personal experience, I, I'm always been responsible for the life that I brought into this world. I was just looking for, I got caught up at work, it's late, can you grab them from daycare? Like, right. you know, that kind of help. Uh, my husband and I might want to go out to dinner once this month. Could you hold them down while we go eat? You know, that kind of thing. I'm not trying to leave them with you all week and I grab them on the weekend, you know? Mm-hmm. So that is very circumstantial about your expectation. You were getting ready to say something, Tierra? I'm thinking about it. And I'm, I'm saying to myself now, like, okay, so with working with people, I have seen where there are some millennials who do expect to just be able to drop their kids off. And at first I wasn't thinking about it until now I'm hearing Danielle speak and I'm actually like, oh, a name just popped up like, okay. And once again, those are also people who were constantly always out and out and out. They still just want to be out and expect for anybody to just take their child. So it exists. 
All right. So we have some comments coming in. And so the first one we got is from the Queen Pen. Here she is. She said, this is her referring to the, the picture. She said, do I hold up all three or do I pick my girl? You better hold up all three. Yeah. All three. <laughs> all three. You better them like a baby. You better practice that like how they used to do with the Grammys and they'd have you better practice holding them like a baby. Yeah. Cradle them. And then she came back. She said, look, I have no village for my kids. No Generation X, no Millennial Z, baby boomers, none. I can relate. <laughs> I can relate. God, it's, it's really, it, it really is hard when, when you have no one, you know. So it's it's so many different levels to this because you have the people who have the whole village around them mm-hmm. and are like, I will help you. I will do this, that, next, yep. and the other. And then when you call upon them, everybody like they deaf. They don't. They me. <laughs> phones are on. Do not disturb. You know, there, there's nothing. Then you have the people who. There are also people out there who don't trust anybody with their kid. I there's, was one of those people. Tell us about that. With either one of my sons. Literally, my mom and my two grandparents were the only people that they could stay with um, until it it was different for both of them. With my oldest son, by the time he was about 10, 11, mm-hmm. I could send him places. He was definitely comfortable with communicating with me and others. So if he was uncomfortable, he would say something. But my youngest son, I still don't really let him go anywhere so i'm home with mine yeah yeah and what about you danielle you know i I guess i'm selective um my children have spent the night at three places and only one of them were somebody that was not a a relative or somebody i consider a relative one Mm -hmm. You know, but I have gotten to know them well enough that I know, okay, my daughter will be fine. I don't have to worry. Um, yeah. yeah, outside of that, I, you know, I'm even like, I don't want you driving my kid nowhere. Like, I'll take them. Tell me where I need to bring them. You know, I just, I don't know if that's overprotective or, or what, but yeah. I mean, this is precious cargo we talking about here. So, yeah, you know how you drive your car, the condition of your car, what's allowed in your car, you may not want somebody. Right. You know, you have some people who they text and drive. They drive with their knees. They they drive distracted. They drive Mm -hmm. fast, you know. And and I'm sorry is not going to replace a kid or heal an injury. So, you know. And that and that doesn't matter whether it's an auntie or grandma, the other parent, a, a sibling, or whatever it is. You know, that's that's a precious life that we have. So right. as I mentioned, um, we have a couple of guests for today's tonight's episode, and one of them is not only a millennial. But she is my child, okay? So y'all heard me talk about Indigo. Y'all heard me talk about um, my legend, you know. So we 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 got we got we got the people in here who or the person 
who who made us legends. So I'm going to change this up and I'm going to bring Miss Indigo Nettles into the conversation. Everybody say hey. hi. Hi, hey, Indigo. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So a little something about Indigo too. She is also on our Shine Squad because when we had our event here in New York, Indigo was one of our lead um, supporters and making sure that everything was going the way that it was supposed to be going. And, you know, she get it from me. You know. <laughs> you had to throw the pat on the back for yourself in there, always. <laughs> I'm just saying, I got to take some credit because I feel like you about to rip me a new one. All right, mom. All right. <laughs> so. You, yes, um, I shared the video with you about the the lady going in on the Gen Xers and the aunties and the grandmas who don't know how to step up. And I told you about the show. And mm -hmm. I said, I think you'd be a great voice to come in. And you said what? <laughs> I said, I'd be more than happy. <laughs> And then what did you follow that up with? Um, I was joking when I said I was going to get you. <laughs> I was like, are you sure? Are you sure you I'm want sure. me? No. But as a millennial, somebody mm -hmm. who has a child, a young child in that age group that, you know, the aunties and the grandmas, you need the support because he's only five years old, you know. So what has your experience been like reaching out to your village and your village not being there for you. Who's who watching this? <laughs> I need no to know how I, I need to know how I how I got to word this, you know. <laughs> so first of all, this is a safe space and the diamond riders believe healing happens through the truth. Yeah, so if this is your truth, can't nobody be mad that your nope. truth hurts their feelings. Okay. Not even your mom. <laughs> she goes as soon as this call ends. She goes. <laughs> well, for me, I want to say first and foremost, my mom has been great. Um, my mom has done everything she can to the ability that she can when it comes to the help she has to offer. So I'll start there with saying that as far as my mom. Um. But I am a single mom. Um, my my son's father is not in his life on a regular basis. So I am the only parent, you know. Um, when it comes to dealing with the rest of my village, as far as um, calling when I need to go to work, calling when I want a, a night out. And for me, I don't party, I don't club. I don't even want to go to a little get together at such and such house. I'm more of like, can we go get some dinner and drinks? And I want to take my Uber home back drunk and that be my night, you know? <laughs> so when I say I need a minute, I need a de-stressor, I want a night out. It's not so I can go out party raging. It's because I've had, I've reached my, my limit and now I need to decompress. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to reaching out to, I'm going to say, the rest of my village without pinpointing anyone. Um, I think I've lived with a lot of experience of being told, I got you, you need anything, call me. 
And in the moment I pick up the phone and I make that call because it's like my kid is running a fever at six o'clock in the morning. I need to be at work at eight. My mom has to be at work. My sisters have school. There's nobody else to do it. My village has unfortunately not been able to come through at times in those moments. So I also was a mom who I didn't want nobody around my kid. Okay, <laughs> you, I, I, did, I wasn't with putting him in daycare. I didn't want him in daycare. I didn't want him with a babysitter. I didn't want such and such cousin watching him for the, for the cheap, you know, whatever hookup. Nope, I, my family, my kid needs to be with my family who I know that I can go to work with my mind clear and know that my kid is going to be taken care of how he would be taken care of if it was me. Mm -hmm. And so with that, I also find that I've had instances where I would leave my son in the care of certain people and the care that I noticed my kid received that day wasn't to the level of what I expected. And that that added another layer of frustration for me because it's like now I can't even go to work and make money to take care of my kid with a clear mind knowing that he's taken care of because now these people who I thought I could trust who would take care of him to the level of my expectation have mm -hmm. shown me that they're not going to. So now it's the, um, every couple hours at work, I'm trying to step outside and make a phone call, check on the situation, make sure everything is okay. And it comes, it comes with a lot, you know, being a single mom. So I, I want to say that as far as my mom is concerned, my mom has been number one for me when it came to support. If I didn't have my mom, I, I don't know where me and, and little legend would be at right now. Um, but when it comes to the rest of my family, it's uh, it's definitely been a, a, a good percentage of dealing with, I said I got you, but when it comes time for it, I don't really got you. And that, that also carries an, an emotional sting on top of the fact that you don't have the help in the moment that you need. It, it stings internally, like, damn, like, my back is against the wall and I'm starting to feel like I ain't got nobody to go to. It, it gets real heavy, you know? Yeah. Um, so thank you for, for sharing that and being that vulnerable. Um, it is difficult to air out like your dirty laundry and let, and let people inside. So um, we thank you for- That wasn't nothing. <laughs> <laughs> We we trying to put pen and paper in her hand so that she can write. Listen, she got a story to tell. She just not once ready. I start writing, honey, that's what we need. When she ready? <laughs> that's what but yes, when I'm ready. Uh huh. I'm it already. That's already how it sounds. Yep. <laughs> so Indigo, we got some comments coming in about your share. Let's go through them. So we got Ivory Ellison here. Who we'll say hi, Indigo? <laughs> Do you hey. know this person? <laughs> No, oh, that's Ivory. Hi, Ivory. Ivory. Okay, there we go. <laughs> and then here came the queen, the queen pin in here again, and she says, "Speak the facts, Indigo. Tell your tell your truth. <laughs> tell your truth." Look, she came back again. <laughs> Talk about it, little cuz. <laughs> you know, it's it is hard. Um, it's hard to watch her have to go through this. And I think it's one of the reasons that I do as much as I do, because I have seen firsthand her reach out to people um, 
for various things, you know, like if we're if we're gonna tell the truth, there have been times when she's been like, um, when he was when he was still in diapers, like she, she he needed diapers and wipes, and she'd reach out to all of the people that were at the gender reveal and everybody who was, you know, oh, let me see him. This whether they blood relative or not, like, oh, I'm auntie this, I'm uncle this, I'm so so this. And then she's like, look, I'm in a bind. Can you get a pack of diapers? And uh, they was like, nah, I ain't got it. Everybody loves holding the title, but nobody loves playing their position, okay? Mm -hmm. You know, and and so I could, I could actually see if I wasn't in the picture where Indigo's story might be this lady's story about the aunties and the, the, the grandmas don't know how to, how to step up. Um, and again, since we're telling truth, um, Indigo's actually had to tell me to get back in my lane. I'm the grandmother that I was becoming <laughs> too free with the choices and the decisions that were being made when it came down to like the grandma, not the mama. <laughs> Listen, Listen. Grandma with an L, G L. <laughs> right. Don't call her grandma. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> but yes, we definitely did have a few of those moments where it would be like, you know, plans would be made that I wasn't aware of. I'd come in the house from work, all the lights are off, my kids not here. I've been at work for 12 hours. I don't know what the hell is going on. No phone call, no text. And I'm like, hey, like, the least you could do is let me know like what's happening. Like I thought I was gonna come home and my kid was gonna jump out on me after 12 hours of separation and y'all not even here. Like it's just, for me, it was just the little moments of like, you know, he's with me, he's fine. And it's like, yes, I know that, but still let me know. Like God forbid something happened to y'all. I don't even know that y'all went anywhere, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I'm pretty sure grandma was just trying to give you a break at glamour. Sorry. Man. <laughs> she be like, where y'all at? Coney Island? Where y'all at? So and so. Don't have my son outside no Coney Island, especially on no Friday or Saturday night, okay? It get real crazy up okay? Oh, gosh. She said you can leave Until my Until my son is capable of making his own decisions about his well-being, his surroundings, making sure he's aware of the places he's at, the things that can happen in those places. Yeah, mama is making all the decisions, okay? <laughs> I'm a little bit overprotective, just a little bit. Yeah, I, I have to tell her every now and be like, I raised you to adulthood, I got him. Listen, that's a rocky moment. <laughs> yeah, it don't, it don't work. She she reminds me it don't matter. I'm I, I still need to run things by her. You know and, and I have to respect that. I'm sorry to cut you off, Mom. I love I love running this on her because she I did help a lot with my sisters, you know, growing up. And her favorite thing to tell me as a teenager helping with my sisters when I felt like I could make a decision in regards to them was when you have your own kids, you can decide what's happening with those kids. And now I got my own kid and you still be trying to picture the input <laughs> in and what's happening with my decisions, mother. Oh my goodness. You got a different you got a different kind of problem. <laughs> 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 yeah, she want her mother to go sit down somewhere. Um, and, I, and I'm trying to get somebody to come on and like scoop up the kid. <laughs> so I have a Tiffany for you. She's great. She's very hands on. She will make every decision for you. She, she won't even inform you that she made the decision. 
And I think I'm gonna be that type of grandma too. Like I like I'm listening to y'all. I'm just like, why not? You know what? I mean, some I think- people are looking for it. Some people don't even but, want their kids. But you also, you also have to remember how you felt about your kid when they were young. Like you got to keep that in mind. Like, even though it's your kid, you still got to well, think yeah. about how that felt, and you would want to know. Maybe. But if I had someone like me, I wouldn't have had a problem. Hold on, let me get you. Let me get you this chair. If I had me, I would have been good. People. Let me get you this chair. Go Bless have that seat. <laughs> Well, I would like to say that although there are the overbearing moments of like, are you my co-parent or are you my my, my mama being the, grand, the grandma, it's, I would rather have this situation and scenario than what she spoke about on that video. Because like I said, I've experienced yeah. it from, you know, my outside family, but from my mom right here, my mom has always been solid. And if I didn't have that, like, like I said, Lord knows the decisions I would have made in the, those really, really tight, hard moments, like things could have went a lot different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would prefer this over not having anyone at all. Mm-hmm. So I don't want everybody to think that it's, it's beautiful. You know, everything is hunky dory over here and um, we don't butt heads because there is actually one area where we have butted heads and it's where Indigo feels that because she was parentified at 15 and kind of essentially became my co-parent because I became a single parent because their father wasn't consistent in their life that I owe her for doing these things like i looked out for your kids these when i was only 15 years old you took my teenage years away from me you took my glory years from me you sure did sis (laughs) (laughs) you sure did just a little bit (laughs) but do you think that that is part of the reason why millennials come for the Gen Xers is because I mean, of entitlement or because it's like you owe me because I don't I think it's so life. much of uh, you owe me. I think it's more so when I had the moments where I would come to you and I would explain like, mom, this is getting heavy. Like I, I can't go hang out. Like I want some time to myself. Like we would have these moments and whether it was a conversation with you, a conversation with one of my aunts, a conversation with Nana, it was always you know what, this is what it is. You're the oldest sibling, you have to help. And so I, it was drilled into my head that this was the expectation of me as the oldest sibling, who I didn't have control in, in the decisions that got us in this moment, you know? I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just the backup now. I'm just the help that is needed because this is where we are. And mm-hmm. so it's not so much of feeling entitled it's more of like a, how could you raise me on the mentality where we this is all we got, we family, this we gotta figure it out and this is what you gotta do to now, it's me in this position and it's like, oh girl, that's your kid, you better figure that shit out. <laughs> it's like, where, where, did, where did it flip at? You know what I'm saying? Where, where did the, the, the table turn at? Mm. And I get it because that's how I feel about Gen Z. 
So like my little cousins, like I feel like when I was younger, like we had to do everything. And they would literally say, we had kids so that y'all could do this or, you know, go get this, go get that. But now being the older one with my little cousins, I still find myself getting up or being told to do everything while Gen Z is doing nothing, sitting there on their phones, looking at TikTok, not paying anybody any mind. So I definitely get what Indigo is saying because that's exactly how I feel about those Gen Zs. Oh, <laughs> all right. This is getting ready to be a nice segue into the next section, but I just want to hop into the comments here. We got Ivory who said, it goes two ways too. My grandson's mother feels I'm supposed to watch him whenever she wants and not give her and not give a hard time and then we got a new voice in the space ramon spence says i agree about gen z yes gen listen <laughs> gen z they different that's another show <laughs> listen i'm just gonna point out and say for all the grandmas that are watching studies show that the more time you spend with your grandkids the longer you live okay and look how young I look. <laughs> Just saying, sisters. Okay. Oh my goodness. So, Indigo, we want to thank you for joining us and hopping in here and giving us a millennial, like a true millennial perspective. Because she's 95, y'all. So she right there, y'all. She so giving us a true millennial perspective on this um you know, bashing of the generations. And of I'm going to take it. It wasn't too much of a bash for me, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having me, guys. Thank All you. All right. And so we're going to move into our next topic. And that is a generation um, tradition or generational curse and we're getting ready to bring out Miss Roz. Hi. Okay. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, yeah. we can. Yes. Okay. All right. Sweet. Okay, Tell us who Roz is. Hi, that's my cousin. <laughs> Hi, hey, Roz. Hi. <laughs> so we also were talking about the topic earlier. So I just felt it was right to ask her to join us for a little while. <laughs> She deboed me, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> she said, well, get into this conversation. Exactly. <laughs> Just like that. So we were talking as Indigo was going off about things that, you know, you kind of came, and it's a seed that I planted, so mm -hmm. I harvested it, that, like, I used to tell her, you're the older sister, you you're not doing anything different than any other older sibling speaking on myself like this is what happens you know whatever and now i was telling her this you know 10 12 years ago right mm -hmm. and then something's happened in the last 10 12 years where we started learning about the difference between things that are tradition and expectations and things that are generational curses and just because it's always happen that way or because it's happening in other households doesn't make it right right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so when do we know what's a tradition and should be carried on and when is something a generational curse and it's like 
I need to put a stop to it. Because that's what it seemed like Gen Z is doing. Gen Z is not with the shits with anything. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> they rather sit and just chill. I'm not putting energy into it. I don't blame that's them. That's right. Yeah. I don't blame them at all. Because um, the millennials, we went through a lot. And I was just telling, um, I was just telling Sweets that with the whole, you know, I know we're going to talk about tradition and generational curse, but it's like how we grew up. Well, how we grew up, it's like we were in between the Gen X and the millennial. Mm -hmm. So a lot of, I told her, I was like, I don't really necessarily relate to the millennials like that. Like, especially the ones that, are in, that were born in the early nineties. Like, mm -hmm. I, I can't. I don't, I'm not saying I can't 100%, but top 90%, I can't, I can't relate to them because I was raised by baby boomers, which was my grandparents, and my parents were, gen, they were Gen X too, right? No, no, they were baby boomers. My grandparents were considered the silent generation. That's what they call them. So mm -hmm. I was raised by my grandparents and my parents were baby boomers. So it's like, I don't, I, you know, I was raised, I, I didn't fully transition to millennial and, and sweet said that too. Until, until the 90s. 90s. Right. So I was saying the same thing. My mom is actually ex. And so mm -hmm. I feel like I was, that was my influence. My influence was that. And then came the 90s. I settled in. So I feel like at the beginning and at the end of ed every generation, there's like the sh a shift position. Mm -hmm. exactly. So I get that because I don't think that if you come in at the at the top of of the the generation and or the people that come in at the end, like their experiences are the same because times have changed. There's mm -hmm. new ways of doing things. There's a new regime. People learn from their mistakes. So they begin to change how they do things. This is probably where those younger siblings are like, oh, mom and dad got soft by the time y'all came along because <laughs> they was tired or B, they learned the lesson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you laughing because that that's kind of your story. You 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 just said you have a nephew who's nine years old. You know, there's a nine year age difference. Me, you have a sibling who's some, you know, at nice. one end of the, yes. the spectrum, and you're on the other end. Yes, my sister is ten years older, and my brother is like twelve plus years older. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, I heard that all the time. You mm -hmm. came along; it was different. I was also a different kid. You know, my mom. My mom didn't play that. Like, regardless of how old she was when I came along, my mom was a baby boomer. She was born in 1950. So th there was no, there was going to school, there was getting your work done, there was an expectation set, and you were to execute it. <laughs> like, there was no in-between, no buts. Um, but they also had each other to get in trouble with. I came 12 and 10 years later. So it was just me. So I was up under her. You know, and I knew that if I did what I was supposed to, I wouldn't have no problem. Like, it was very simple <laughs> for me. But then I got told, oh, you came along. She was soft. She was different with you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I know with my kids, um, I think about how I felt in certain situations. Like, in that video, she kind of talks about coming from that age of being told to just shut up and listen. Like, you weren't allowed to have a, an opinion. 
or which thought. Is an original curse, by the way. Yes. Like, which is why that got broke. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm, I'm like, I want, I want you to tell me how you feel about what happened or what I said. It, it, I don't feel disrespected, but it helps me understand them and how they think and how they take in what I said to them. And I think that's yes. important. It so is very can, important. Yeah. So I can talk to them and communicate effectively. I don't want them just to be afraid of me. Like, you know, yeah. that's not going to help. I want them to learn to use their voice and be comfortable in it because I wasn't. Mm -hmm. So I thought about how things made me feel and I try to operate from that space and how I go about um, navigating certain things in my kids. We do have those moments where I'm like, I just asked you to do something like just, <laughs> you know, yeah. just go do it. But for the most part, I really try to hear them out and encourage them to be open and, and talk to us. So, yes. yes. Yeah. In your household, Roz, what mm -hmm. is something that is a tradition that you continue and will continue to to implement. And what is something that's a generational curse? That's an absolute uh uh nah. This isn't happening. This ends with me. My children, my family will not know this. Okay, so the tradition that I would like to bring back because right now, currently, my family's in the healing process at the moment mm -hmm. um, from generational curses being broken. Mm -hmm. So I thank God for that. Amen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the tradition that I would love to come like come back is us gathering together, all generations coming, mm. back, coming together, knowing each other. Like it shouldn't be any gaps of um non-communication between cousins. Like <clears throat> sweets <laughs> is my is my I call her my first cousin. Technically, she's not my first cousin, but she's my first cousin because we were born. We were babies together when we mm -hmm. met, okay? Right. So it was like, you know, we were around each other all the time, especially during the summer. Every summer, we knew each other. Yeah. You know? We visited each other. But as um, this went by, you know, our generation had kids. I didn't have kids yet, but I've become like, you know, auntie to some others that are not my family, which is fine. But then we're so separated. And then we don't know if we're passing by our cousin. We don't know mm -hmm. if we passed it by our aunt, you know, but that's the tradition I want. I would love to bring back and that we're working on right now. Yeah. Now the, the curse aspect, what happened? He's down to. Oh, okay. Um, the curse <laughs> aspect of it is being secretive. Oh. You know, just like when we're, um, when families, the, the, um, the, um, the hurt being passed down, don't be like so-and-so because so-and-so is like this. Um, you need to be quiet because so-and-so did that. Or you can't be around her because 10 years ago, so-and-so did that. And years, like t 20 years later, we don't know why we're not talking to, to aunt so-and-so. Mm -hmm. We were around, but we were told growing up, don't talk to her. Or wow. um, they weren't, you know, children are seen and not heard, been passed down in many families and many generations. So when we grow up, we have that same mindset so then we don't talk about our hurts. We don't talk mm -hmm. about what's going on in the household. Mm -hmm. And we don't talk about growth. Sometimes I was watching a movie, um, The Five Heartbeats, right? For the 15th million time. <laughs> there was a scene that I never really paid attention to, but now with a healed mind, I can see it. Where Eddie comes home from a gig and his mom and his father are sitting on a stoop. And his mom is so happy to see him. He's like, um, you know, why are you coming so late? But I'm so happy you was, you know, you're here. And the father come to him and say, you ain't shit. 
just like I ate. And that broke me because I I used to hear that not necessarily only in my household, but in just hearing it from older people that's been beat down mentally in, you know, um, from their relatives. And then they constantly hear it on repeat. And then they say their hurts skew out to their child and say, because I ain't ish, you ain't going to be ish. And then Eddie ended up being what he heard all his life mm -hmm. from his father that he looked up to. Right. So absorb that. So that's something that needs to be broken, not only in our family, but in all our families. Like no more secrets. If you're hurt, you're hurt. Speak, you know. Um, grow from it. Heal. Grow, heal. Right. You, you said a lot. Yes. <laughs> you said a lot of important things there. You know, yes. It, cousins, first of all, are, are your first best friends. Like, yes. they're, the, they're the ones you told the secrets to. You know, they're the ones you got to with. So, cousins... I know there were plenty of times that all of the cousins were at my grandfather's house. Like we sleeping in the living room on every blanket we could yep. find in the on house. The floor. The floor. Yep. The floor. We yep. the floor. We on the yeah. we on the chairs. We we three in the bunk bed. Like it was it and and those are precious memories that I have. Um my daughters don't necessarily have that because of the ages in which my siblings had their their children and the distance in which they 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 are from us. So there wasn't always that, but when it did happen, it was a beautiful thing to see my daughters with my nieces and my nephews like all just gathered together. Yeah. Um, we got some comments coming in here on what you said, Roz. Um, <laughs> wait, hold on. <laughs> Somebody dropping names. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's not the do as do I that. say er era anymore. It is not. That's right. It is not. <laughs> that not at all, Ivory. Not at all. <laughs> I I try that with my youngest son now because this boy's mind is very inquisitive. He will ask you why, why, why? And I explain, 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 explain until finally my answer is because I said so. Like, like I gave <laughs> Don't you stop. All, I gave you all the rational reasons because I I am a firm believer in teaching like them to critically think mm -hmm. and not just yes. be robotic, like really. Mm -hmm understand the consequences of the choices and the decisions that they make so a good one is like around seven o'clock telling him get off the game go shower you know dinner's almost ready oh why can't i if you shower now and eat dinner that means you could play the game straight through but at mm -hmm. some point in time you have to come off the game so when do you want to do it mm -hmm. and then he was like gave him the opportunity like all right so then go ahead mm -hmm. finish playing the game you have dinner you play the game some more, but you got to come off early now because now you your bedtime is still your bedtime. You still need right. to wash the parts before you get in the bed. So prioritize. Nah, mm -hmm. he, don't, he, he don't care. He would rather not wash. That's <laughs> well, my 12 year old. He's a boy. Yes, that's my 12 year old. My kids do the same thing. They ask you question after question. So eventually I'm like, Based on what I just said to you and all I've answered, why do you think? Like, why don't you put that all together and let me know what you think? You know? 
So I kind of try to, like you said, let them have develop their critical thinking skill because it's just easy to throw out a question based on what was just said to you because you're not even putting much thought into it. You're just popping out the next question, right? Yeah. But if you actually put together what all I've answered, you tell me now. <laughs> and I don't even mind going through that process. A lot of people are just, you know, they just, just like, you know, like we all just said, just do as I say. However, I think it makes a lot more sense to explain why. So that moving forward, they actually understand and they're less likely to do what you don't, you know, to do as you said. Right. So it's just choose your battles. Like I want this to go easier right. next time. Let me inform. Let me make them aware, and that's it. <laughs> it's not time to drop gems yet, sweets. <laughs> oh, uh, that's not what. They Man, pick up the jewels. Hold them. Hold up. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all good. It's all good. You know, I just this conversation is so enlightening and and it's so powerful because deciding what is a generational curse or something that is a tradition in your family is so subjective to that mm -hmm. individual family yes. but then there are still some things where it's like absolutely not y'all are bugging if you are still doing this mm -hmm. and I'm just trying to figure out how to be able to deliver that message without judgment. Like, you know, when it, I, it when comes. I observe it, it, it comes across a little judgy. Like <laughs> I'm looking it's, down on people. It's tough, is it logic. It's that, logic. That'd be my part. Like, like that's it's logic, just logic. Us, but if you're talking no. to the person that's suffering from a, something, you know, a generational curse, that's you know, that's torment, their norm. torment or what our spiritual torment, they're gonna be offended. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna feel judged. Right. And you know, it, it, sometimes you have those relatives, and um, Tiffany, you might be one of them. That's just gonna have to say what they have to say, and and it's like, you know, I care, but then I care so much not to let this keep going anymore. Mm -hmm. That part. You right. know, I have things. I have um, situations with um, family members currently that a part of it is me dragging it but the other part of me is waiting on god to open the door because i don't want to talk to a wall i don't want to talk to a hard heart because i'm sensitive and i'm hurting too i'm right. just learning i'm just oh i'm in a world of healing right now mm -hmm. you know and, and being in god's face a lot about it so it's like you know i'm taking my time with it i really am but then it's like when is when enough is enough like i'm here to break curses like i'm here to break chains and do something different that's right yeah you know that's right learn from your mistakes grow from them and make sure it doesn't keep being passed down absolutely exactly that's, that's what growth is mm -hmm. and that's what it is i feel like with my cousins i feel like we started noticing um the differences in the generations like growing up we were always around each other but my kids and my cousins that I grew up with, their kids are not as close as we are. And it was just like, this doesn't make any sense. So we all try to do something different all the time. Like at one point during the pandemic, I was doing Zooms. So I was getting the family on and I was trying to get them to get their kids on. Yeah. Um, having the kids exchange numbers. Mm -hmm. And it felt so good at first, but then it kind of just died out. Mm -hmm. um getting together for gatherings like we all love to do that but then there's no consistency and there's no teamwork 
So once that one person is the host, everyone just always feels like that host is going to be the host and they're going to host everything. But it's like, it's a collective. Can we get some help? Mm -hmm. You know? Well, so that's it's I'm hard sorry, to but... get things to stick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ahead, that's Rob. because um, I, <laughs> the reason why one person, one person hosts is because my grandfather, God rest his soul, spoiled <laughs> my family because my, my grandparents' home was the hub for everything, family reunions, um, yearly barbecues, and my grandfather- Fourth of July. My fourth of July. Glue. Watermelon in. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know what, come through. Don't, we don't, my grandfather never asked for money, never asked for ev anything. And the people from the block came through. So it's yeah. like, um, you know, when he passed away 20 years ago, um, 20 plus years ago, it broke that tradition. You know, my uncles tried to get it back and stuff, but then, you know, everybody went their separate ways. So now yeah. our generation, Sweets and I, just like she was saying, you know, she was the one gearing everybody up and then it fizzled out. And, you know, it's like, we got to do it together. You know, like at the, end of the, at the end of the day, it starts somewhere, even if it's with two or three of us. Mm -hmm. That's right. It has to start somewhere. And that's, that's when tradition the effort. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, I just want to say this conversation could go on and on and on, but we are actually um, a little past nine o'clock. And I, I know, right? Already the time is so far. I was like, I don't know if we're going to have enough content in order to be able to. But this conversation is juicy and I'm loving it. Roz, it has been a pleasure having you here. And I oh, want God. to tell you that you are more than welcome to come back anytime um and the queen pen dropped it in the chat that uh open enrollment open enrollment <laughs> i was yes. gonna say that october sis october okay just because you process. sound like you have a story to tell <laughs> shout out to my other cousin michelle that's that's my other cousin too <laughs> <laughs> She's been telling me also. Michelle, our Michelle. Yes. Drop your number in the chat. We all can tell you. Just, we got Listen, you, sis. We all diamond family here, so we all cousins now anyway. <laughs> That's right, cuz. October. Right, oh, sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Roz, for joining us. Thank you. Yes, we love your shine. Thank you for joining Thank us. You. Take care. All right. Ladies, wow. Like the hour went by too quickly, if you ask me. We might need to have a planning meeting and be part like, two? all right, the the, <laughs> the the either part twos or we gotta just be like, listen, this is the hustle and shine um network, and we go into we decide. <laughs> <laughs> right, we gotta get some commercial breaks in here. Listen, we we do sponsorship, <laughs> but it is actually time for. And now that I'm found my little videos and stuff like that. It is time for us to give our final thoughts. And here's a gem for you. <laughs> All right, so. Based off of today's conversation, what final thought do you want to give to the public? What is your gem of the night, sweets? 
I touched a little bit on it earlier, but it's really, if you don't feel like you have the community that's supportive for you, there are ways for you to find that community. And that's through meeting new friends, joining the Diamond Riders and other groups as such. Mm -hmm. um, even traveling, networking and meeting new people. So that way you're, you're able to look for what you need and build the community on your own. Beautiful. Thank you. What about you, Lady J.A.? It's so hard um, because I remember in the video, she mm -hmm. discussed having hope. Like, you know, you question why you keep you at, even though you had that experience with me, the Gen X, you know, you, the millennial had that experience with the Gen X. They keep having hope and they hope that maybe with their grandchildren, you would do better. And mm -hmm. I would just say, just don't give up on that. Oh, wow. You just never know how that door can open. Exactly. Right? And it doesn't ne necessarily have to be your parent. But, you know, just be right. open to it. Absolutely. So for me, I'm going to say I was triggered by the video that sparked um, this conversation. And I used the word a little bit earlier. I was in judgment. I was in judgment of her as to like, who are the people that you were around that this is your story? That's not the truth. And that's where I'm going to check myself because I don't know her truth. What she is speaking is her truth. And as I I got it indigo into the conversation by saying that if your truth hurts someone, like you, like, yes, you can be apologetic for it, but it shouldn't stop you from speaking your truth. Whatever happened that sparked that fire within this content creator's heart to go in and say what she said about the 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 gen um X grandmas and aunties not stepping up and helping to take care of the kids and support their children that is her truth and yep. so my gem for today is going to be speak your truth regardless of who may judge you mm -hmm. because if someone is judging you they're not paying attention to their own situation and that is where i was wrong in judging this woman you know, and so I'm glad we had this conversation because I definitely had a pivot point during this conversation. Because up until we went live, I was like, yo, homegirl is bugging. <laughs> but you know what else I just thought about? Because I keep saying like it's circumstantial. You can't, you can't tell someone how to feel, right? No. The way they took or, or pulled from their experience is theirs. So exactly. you can't really tell them, like, no, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, so you got to be open to listening. And and I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to be bold and brave enough to hop into this creator's inbox and let her know that there's a safe space for her to tell her story and open and open. October. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Just send me her contact. I'll back up. I'll back you up. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you everyone for joining us tonight. Um, the Diamond Writers and the Hustle and Shine podcast for our first season three heist, Diamond Heist. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Once again, I'm Tiffany Mathias, the one true Phoenix. And I have with me tonight. I'm sweet. <laughs> I'm Lady J.A. And as always, remember... So always hustle, hustle and, and shine. And shine. <laughs> Good night.
night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Good show. Wait, did we are we still broadcasting? I'm trying to make sure we we end it. Nope, it says we still broadcasting. It was a great show. <laughs> I just want to end the broadcast. <laughs> it still didn't end. <laughs> Um, I don't know how to end the program, so we just got to exit the studio. Have a good, good night. night. <laughs>